Harrison Bergeron is uh, one of the best short stories that I've, I've ever read. It's, it's easily one of my favorite, apart from another story by the same author called To Be or Not To Be. Harrison Bergeron is a phenomenal short story. It's only five pages, and it is written by Kurt Vonnegut, uh, one of uh, America's most lauded authors, uh, maybe one of the world's most lauded authors for books like Slaughterhouse-Five, um, or Welcome to the Monkey House, or, or many other kind of wacky stories that are uh, just imbued with deep meaningness, uh, meaningfulness. Um, they're, all of his books are, are very interesting. They're all science fiction-y, um, but also very comical, and they're uh, very dark humor-esque. Um, of course, he was most likely suffering from PTSD from his time in World War II, where he was actually a prisoner of war. Um, and that... Um, that experience really um, affected the way that he wrote and the way that he saw the world. And it's very interesting, as he was a, an advocate for socialism, yet he realized in some way that it could never really be uh, effectively put into society in a, in a manner that would actually be good for the humans in which it would affect. And it's interesting that he was really uh, rather sad about that idea because he thought that it would be a good thing to implement those uh, policies. And he was right. It, it would, in fact, be a beneficial thing if we could come up with an effective form of a socialist government. The unfortunate fact is that we simply just cannot, which is why I'm very avidly against those kind of tendencies because of the concepts in which uh, it promotes due to the very nature of humans to be apathetic when given the opportunity to be apathetic. And there's, there's very few better illustrations than his story, Harrison Bergeron. And I, I toured with the idea of just reading the whole story, um, but... I decided I was not going to do that, but I will read um, the opening portions of it, and then I highly recommend that you all go read the rest of it. Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut The year was 2081, and everybody was finally equal. They weren't only equal before God and the law. They were equal every which way. Nobody was smarter than anybody else. Nobody was better looking than anybody else. Nobody was stronger or quicker than anybody else. All this equality was due to the 211th, 12th, and 13th Amendments to the Constitution and to the unceasing vigilance of the agents of the United States Handicapper General. Some things about living still weren't quite right, though. April, for instance, still drove people crazy by not being springtime. And it was in that clammy month that the H.G. men took George and Hazel Bergeron's 14-year-old son, Harrison, away. It was tragic, all right, but George and Hazel couldn't think about it very hard. Hazel had a perfectly average intelligence, which meant she couldn't think about anything except in short bursts. And George, while his intelligence was way above normal, had a little mental handicap radio in his ear. He was required by law to wear it at all times. It was tuned to a government transmitter. Every 20 seconds or so, the transmitter would send out some sharp noise to keep people like George from taking unfair advantage of their brains. George and Hazel were watching television. There were tears on Hazel's cheek, but she'd forgotten for the moment what they were all about. On the television screen were ballerinas. A buzzer sounded in George's head. His thoughts fled in panic like bandits from a burglar alarm. That was a real pretty dance. That dance they just did, said Hazel. Huh? said George. That dance. It was nice, said Hazel. Yep, said George. He tried to think a little about the ballerinas. They weren't really very good. 
no better than anybody else would ever have been, anyway. They were burdened with sash weights and bags of birdshot. Their faces were masked so that no one seeing a free, graceful gesture or a pretty face would feel like something the cat drug in. George was toying with the vague notion that maybe dancers shouldn't be handicapped, but he didn't get very far with it before another noise in his ear radio scattered his thoughts. George winced. So did two out of the eight ballerinas. Hazel saw him wince. Having no mental handicap herself, she had to ask George what the latest sound had been. Sounded like somebody hitting a milk bottle with a ball pen hammer, said George. I'd think it'd be real interesting hearing those different sounds, said Hazel, a little envious. All the things they think up. Uh, said George. Only, if I were handicapper general, you know what I would do, said Hazel. Hazel, as a matter of fact, bore a strong resemblance to the handicapper general, a woman named Diana Moon Glampers. If I was Diana Moon Glampers, I'd have chimes on Sunday. Just chimes, kind of in honor of religion. I could think if it were just chimes, said George. Well, maybe make them real loud, said Hazel. I think I'd make a good handicapper general. Good as anybody else, replied George. Who knows better than I do what normal is, said Hazel. Right, said George. He began to think glimmeringly about his abnormal son, who was now in jail, about Harrison. But a 21-gun salute in his head stopped all that. Boy, said Hazel, that was a doozy, wasn't it? It was such a doozy that George was white and trembling, and tears stood on the rims of his red eyes. Two of the eight ballerinas had collapsed to the studio floor. They were holding their temples. All of a sudden, you look so tired, said Hazel. Why don't you just stretch out on the sofa? So you can rest your handicap bag on the pillows, honey bunch. She was referring to the 47 pounds of birdshot in a canvas bag, which was padlocked around George's neck. Go on and rest the bag for a little while, she said. I don't care much if you're not equal to me for a little bit. And so there we have the uh, the first half of this story, Harrison Bergeron. And it goes on, and Harrison breaks free of his chains, and, and he essentially becomes... Um, the emperor of the world, or at least he claims to become the emperor of the world because he's so far above everybody else in intelligence and, and acumen and, and, and physical appearance and physical prowess. So he declares himself that I will be the general, the emperor of the world. And because um, I have the right to it because I am the, the smartest and the most above average in every way. And then he chooses for himself as empress. But then he ends up getting shot, spoiler alert, um, by the handicapper general herself comes and removes him because he was a threat to the equality or more likely the equity of society uh, because that that's what happens when when we promote equity equality of outcome when everybody has to end at the same way and that's what the story is about it is a warning about socialism uh, because that's the kind of thought process that socialism leads to Everybody is the same. Everybody deserves to be the same. Everybody has to be the same. But unfortunately, you cannot bring people up. You can't increase them forcibly by governmental measures or state-instituted measures. You can only bring people down. So everybody has to be equally as ugly, as unintelligent, as unathletic. So to do that, we have to make people wear weighted vests and wear these headphones that blare super loud and, and um, mind-numbing, destroying so, uh, noises so that they can't think normally. And that's what would happen in a truly equitable society. Everybody is as equally impoverished and broke and unintelligent and unathletic, not 
It's not going to be a utopia, it'll be a dystopia. And that is what a lot of Kurt Vonnegut's stories warn about, which is why he was a very prolific author, and uh, why I think he's a prolific author. And it's interesting how, even though he would desire to have a socialistic nation, he realizes that it, it just can't simply happen. Uh, it's just not possible, because when you would try, you would get something like the story of Harrison Bergeron. So thanks for tuning in to this Dialectical Thought segment. I will see everybody on the next episode. Don't forget to tune in on Saturdays to catch the full-length episode of the Food for Thought Podcast.